So today we are at the springs, and the springs remind me of giving, which is our fourth principle in the Red Letter Challenge of the things that Jesus invites his followers to practice. You know, Jesus actually talks more about money and giving than any of the other principles, and so it's an extremely important topic that we have to discuss. But when we talk about money, especially as Christians, there's real hesitation when it comes to money. And, I, and there's many reasons why, but I think there's two main reasons. And the first reason is that some of us have given our hard-earned dollars and seen those dollars misused or abused. I was watching a show on an airplane flying back once and just stumbled upon this show about the lavish lifestyle of these mega church preachers. So think luxury in the Lord, think Bentleys and Bibles. And for whatever reason, it just did not sit well with me. There was something inside of me that says, this isn't right. And if I knew my money was going to something like this or a person like this or an organization or ministry like this, I don't know that I'd want to give either. But the second main reason that I think we struggle with money and giving and talking, even talking about it is because money's an idol for us. It's probably the biggest idol we have in our lives. And, and it's tough to talk about something that's so personal, um, that's such a part of our life. But the more I read through the words of Jesus, if you read all of his words and you see the frequency of which he talks about this, man, I am convinced it is impossible to be a stingy Christian. And there's a lot of areas where Christians like to take real firm black and white stances on areas that I think are gray. Giving is one of those areas I think a lot of people think is gray that actually, if you look at the words of Jesus, is kind of a black and white issue. It is impossible to be a stingy Christian and to live the life that Jesus is calling us to live. We are a generous people. And so I want to move you to generosity. So all through college and seminary, I kind of fell into a business where I was selling golf head covers. And it actually became a pretty profitable business for my wife and I, and so much so that we were selling 300 head covers a week, which was nuts. And we always had this dream of planting a church and, and growing God's kingdom that way. And all of a sudden, this very profitable business comes along. And so we really wrestled, especially at seminary, as we got closer to finishing uh, with the master's degree of what do we want to do? Do we want to keep the business and, and just do really well and save up and then one day plant a church? Or do we want to plant a church now and give up the business? And actually, it worked out that God um, allowed us to do a bivocational ministry where, in other words, we had income from the business that would support us while we planted a church. And so it turned out to be a really cool thing, but it was super confusing at the time, I remember. And so I remember, and I don't advise you to do this, by the way, but it's one of the few times in life where I've made a deal with God. I said, okay, God, if you want me to keep this business and plant a church, then I want you to use my business of selling golf head covers. You know the little covers that go over the woods? That business. I want to use that business to grow your kingdom. And I had no idea how God would do it. So we started meeting in home groups and planting this church in Mount Dora, Florida called The Cross. And we bought a little space that we were going to renovate to worship. And about a couple months away from worshiping together, there was a gentleman that emailed me and said, out of everybody in the world, you've got the only head cover I'm looking for. I remember it was a Cleveland Launcher 15 degree three wood head cover. And so I'd love to come pick it up from you. And so I didn't normally do pickups, but for whatever reason, my spirit was telling me, yeah, just have him meet you at the church and you can do it there and it'll be great. And so that's what happened. And he came and he saw we were a new church and he was interested and so much so that he started coming to the church. And then about two months after we started worship, he, he took me out to lunch and he said, we love what God is doing here at the cross and we'd love to help get the word out. You're a new church and 
Uh, my wife and I would love to buy billboards for the church and put them all over town and let people know that the cross is here. And, and so I said, man, that's amazing. How cool is that? And so for almost six years, we've had billboards in our community up that have been pointing people to come to our church. And what's most important about that is at the church, we point them to Jesus. And as I was reflecting back about this, I was thinking a couple things. Number one, how amazing is it that God actually answered my prayer? that he could turn selling golf head covers into growing his kingdom. But number two, and I I remember talking with, with him a while ago, I said, how amazing is it that you have brought so many people into this church through your billboards? And we know that because we get connect cards every single week and at least one every week has a little click mark by how'd you hear about us? It's billboards. And, and so I said to him, your money is going places and doing things that you never thought possible. And you don't even, you won't even know this side of heaven, how much you've impacted God's kingdom. And I think that's true whenever we're generous, whether it's billboards or something else, when we give money to grow God's kingdom, we don't know all that God is up to. But I believe he does powerful things and he uses your dollars and your generosity, your faith-filled gifts to truly bless and grow his kingdom. And so God invites you into a life of generosity. Jesus invites you to be not closed fist, but open-handed. He invites you to live a life much more like a spring than a swamp where your money goes places and it does things. After all, it was Jesus that said, it's far more blessed to give than to receive. I hope that as we've spent a week serving using our hands and feet last week, that now we'll match that with our dollars. I hope that we don't stop short of what Jesus is asking us to do. And I believe that as we become generous, we will change the picture we give of who Jesus is. So earlier I mentioned that the springs remind me of giving. And... We're at Wakaiva Springs today in Florida, and what I love about the springs is how crystal clear the water is when the sun is shining. It's beautiful, the springs are refreshing, and it's just amazing, and that's because the water is constantly moving. That's what makes it so clear and beautiful. In Florida, we also have a lot of swamps, and swamps are the opposite of springs. Swamps are bacteria-infested, they're nasty, they smell bad, and that's because the water is, is stagnant. It's, it's not moving at all. And when it comes to a life of giving, what Jesus invites us to is a life of giving that far more depicts a spring than does a swamp. But I think our culture naturally, we're inclined to live lives that are more resemble a swamp, that we become tight-fisted and the more money that we have, the more accumulation that we have, we actually become greedier. We don't become any more generous. In fact, statistics tell you that the more money a person makes, the less percentage they give away. And that's extremely sad. What Jesus invites us to is a life of generosity, a life where we can actually give away money. And the cool thing about it is that when we give away our money, it goes places and it does things that we cannot do ourselves. And I believe that every move of God was started by at least one person, if not a group of people being generous. If we truly want to see God do great things and change the picture we give of who Jesus is, then we must become a generous people. We must give far more like springs than swamps.